All right. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Craig F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is October 2nd, 2023, and today we are reading from the Big Book, uh, and we are on page 157, the first and second paragraph uh, that begins two days later and goes through a treatment for alcoholism. Uh, today's readers are, for the steps, uh, Sue L., for the traditions, Kelly I., uh, for the big book readers are uh, Darlene H., Rachel P., and Nancy P., um, and uh, to the reference number for yesterday, or Sunday's special edition, is 20,691. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, share, who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine, no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behavior and to carry the message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. A Vision for You Big Book Study. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Sue L. to read the 12 steps. Sue? Good morning, Sue L., Texas, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. <clears throat> Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message 
to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, now I'm going to ask uh, Kelly I to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Kelly I in Indiana, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you. All right. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers of six months, there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 157, the first and second paragraphs. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Darlene H. to get us started this morning. Uh, Darlene? Good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Darlene H. from Georgia, recovered, uh, compulsive overeater. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, two days later, a future fellow of Alcoholics Anonymous stared glassily at the strangers beside his bed. Who are you fellows and why this private room? I was always in a ward before. 
said one of the visitors, we are going to give you a treatment for alcoholism. So I think what really speaks to me first about that is uh, they gave him two days. Two days to sit, two days to detox, two days to whatever, you know, whatever was necessary. They didn't come right away and start giving him this treatment. They gave him time. And then the other really clear thing that speaks out to me in this reading is we're giving you a treatment for alcoholism. They weren't saying we're going to get you treatment. They weren't saying we're going to, you know, figure it out. Here's your options. None of that. We're giving you a treatment. You know, one of the things that I have learned in 12-step recovery is that uh, what may work for me is not necessarily the only answer. This is a treatment. Um, There may be things for other people, but what I have found for myself, and I have explored a lot of those options, that this is the treatment that has worked for me. So these two gentlemen are only sharing their experience, strength, and hope from their experience, not from, well, the book says it might happen, could be, not sure, stand on your head, flip three times, and maybe you'll get sober. What they're saying here is we've done this, and it's worked for us. And I know for me that every, you know, I had beautiful, wonderful sponsors who have taken me through what they thought was their form of recovery and what's worked for them until I found what worked for me. And I'm so grateful for that. And the two days I have found to be beneficial as well. Oftentimes, and I certainly know I did it, when I was in the gift of desperation and I called somebody up and said, I need a fix, I need to get this done, I'll do anything, I'll do anything. And then the person who I'm hoping will help me gives me their list of requirements and I'm like oh yeah but the whole time I'm having doubts now when I speak with people I give them time I tell them hey this is what it's going to look like why don't you take some time and think about it and get back to me and let me know sometimes we need to sit in the misery and sometimes we need to absolutely check in with ourselves to make sure am I really ready because there are so many times I was not ready. I was desperate, but I wasn't ready for change. And I think that's all I want to share on this. Thanks for letting me. Have a great day. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for your share. Okay. Now I'm going to take a list of names that people would like to share. I want to remind everybody that if you shared on any vision meeting on Thursday or Friday of last week, please step back and let Somebody else shares probably 400 people on the line and usually, and we must give everybody a chance to, to speak this morning. So if you share it on Thursday or Friday, uh, I've got your name down here, and I'm going to come through the phone and slap you. No, I'm not kidding you. Please uh, step back and let uh, everybody have a chance. So who would like to share on this passage? Not everybody wants. Alicia. 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 Al
Melissa, I got you. Was that? Elise N. Elise N. I missed somebody. Was there a Elise or? Elise. Sorry. I got a lease. Was there there a, a Felice or somebody like that? Maybe I missed. No. Maybe I heard a Lisa. A lease. All right. Um, Lori W. Pennsylvania. Lori, I got you. I've got Chris G. Melissa and uh, Elise N. And Lori W. Who did I miss? Anybody? Vasa O. Vasa. Yes, please. Uh huh. All right. Patty O from Florida. Patty O. Lisa C. Lisa P. C is in cat. Oh C. Lisa C. All right. All right. Well, that's a good list. Um, let's uh, give it a try. Uh, Chris, you're up. Thank you. Thank you for uh, your service, and thank you, everybody, uh, that's putting this together today. My name's Chris G., and I live in Tennessee. So uh, this is interesting. He, he put he, – the, the, the Bill and Bob uh, meet this guy, uh, another, another uh, Bill, and, uh, and they uh, – so they haven't met him before. So they come in, and they ask a question, who are you fellows? Uh, why did you give me this private room? I've always had a ward before. Well, this is this is different. This is different. It's not the same, you know. And, and we sort of like the same old, same old. And and he's got something different. And questions. Sometimes you know people don't like questions. Uh, who are you, fellows? Why this private room? You know, it's like, come on, guys. I'm giving you a gift. Can't you take it? So it's a give and take thing, and and we're giving you treatment for alcoholism, you know, and so like, wow, you know, it's a gift. He's they're giving him a gift, and he just says, "Who are you? What are you doing?" So this is the beginning. This is the beginning of Alcoholics Anonymous, and with that, I pass. All right. Thank you very much, Chris. Next up, we have uh, Melissa. And when you introduce yourselves, will you give us your middle initial and where you're from? This is Melissa S. from Nashville, Tennessee. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, good. Um, Well, I am Melissa. I'm a compulsive overeater from Nashville. Um, The thing that stuck out to me in this reading is something that I have been taught by some great teachers of the 12-step way of life on this line, um, this idea of a treatment and how if I had pneumonia and went to the doctor and they said, here's your inhaler and here's your antibiotics, and then I said, well, I don't really like pills, so I'm not going to take antibiotics. If I did not follow the treatment as prescribed, I wouldn't expect to get well. And so like the 12 steps as prescribed is to do all of the things um, and not leave any of doubt. Like what came to mind is half measures avail us nothing. And just like if I didn't take the full treatment that I wouldn't get the results that they are promising. So that's kind of what I was thinking. And in my experience that it's been true because in whatever form of self-treatment I was in after being recovered, 
you know, I did that slow fade on some of the things that are part of the treatment. And, you know, I ended up taking a bite, a compulsive bite. And so, like, I also have heard someone on this line say, I guess I'm going to have to do this full ass program. (laughs) And uh, I was like, okay, yep, that's what it is. It's not, you know, what I want to do. It's what the treatment is. And so with that, I'll pass. All right. Uh, Thank you, Melissa. Next we have Elise N. Elise? Hi, good morning. Mm-hmm. Can, can you hear me? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for everyone who's doing service on this line. Um, I, I guess when I'm listening to this and I'm grateful for any instructions on how to be a sponsor, um, I don't think I would have ever thought of saying, okay, think about it, get back to me. Um, but that's often what happens anyway. Um, a lot of people are just not ready. Um, I know at times I wasn't ready. Or they'll say, um, there's a, we just had, we started a meeting in my apartment, in my condo in Florida um, on on uh, Saturdays. Just there aren't that many um, live meetings around. And I have a woman in my building that has Parkinson's and she can't, really get out, you know, to go to meetings um, that are far away. So we started one, and we only had three people. And I was so gung-ho in my mind, I was so gung-ho, I said, when I get to be a sponsor, I'm going to sponsor her because I can understand her medical issues, I can be lenient, and I had all this, all these high hopes. And somewhere along the line, she said, well, you know, we're, we were just sharing on the big book and she said she's not really ready for a sponsor yet you know I'm like whoops so disappointed but I said you know there are other people that are and that's one of the things that says in the big book it's like you find yourself a prospect that is Um, and I've been going through my own depression and anxiety this year and I would cry to my sponsor every day or whine or whatever you want to call it and I said, how did you put up with me? I mean, what, what, what? She said, well, she said, what, get, what you weren't doing was eating Oreo cookies. You know, I might have been, I might have been whining and anxious and everything else, but I wasn't eating over it, and I was feeling my feelings. So as long as, as long as I wasn't eating over it, she was, she was willing to keep sponsoring me. So I give her a lot of credit. But again, thank you for being here and doing service. And um, I love this meeting. It inspired me to do the steps. Um, And uh, I'm very grateful. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Next, we have Lori W. Lori? Lori W. Yes, good morning, sorry I was muted, I didn't realize it. Lori W, compulsive overeater. I dedicated myself to this process on September 21st, thank you. I uh, thank thank the speaker for uh, her uh, hope on the uh, 
paragraphs. And I just wanted to say that, you know, I gave my address to someone so that they could send me a big book, and I never got it. So all I really wanted to be able to do was read whatever literature I needed to read so that I could get an idea of what the program was about and how it works. So far, I've been told that I need to do things that I have no idea what the heck I'm supposed to do it for, and to make matters worse, a woman called me on Saturday morning and began yelling at me about a food list. I simply mentioned to her that I can overeat anything I really like, and she completely went off the deep end. When she finally decided to stop talking and hear me, I was able to tell her that she wasn't listening to what I was saying. It was very distressing, and it pushed me to feel that I didn't want to be bothered with OA anymore because I don't need people talking to me like that. Even when I told her I found her tone excessively aggressive, she actually defended it. It was ridiculous, and when I finally got through to her, she had the audacity to then change her tone and admit she probably misunderstood what I was saying. All I want to say at this point is that people need to remember how it felt when they first came around and understand that you can't just speak to people any kind of way because it's a huge turnoff. After that call, all of the other wonderful women who had called me all week completely left my mind, and all I could focus on was that maniacal woman. It took me right to the feeling of, I don't need this mess, and I was ready to let it all go. We can't hear you, Lori. Did you? Did we lose you? Are you done? All right. Well, we lost Lori. I don't know if she was finished or not. Maybe she was. Uh, next up, we have oh uh, Vasa. Oh. I'm sorry. The thing said I'm now unmuted again. So I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just, thanks for letting me share. Oh, all right. Very good. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for your share. Next up, we have Vasa. Oh, Vasa? Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Greg, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I just love this paragraph. The reason is because uh, I was uh, ready and I was desperate. I was so, so excited, excited to find out what my problem was and what the solution was that I'd been looking for years and years before I came to OA. And I'm so grateful. I had a very gentle sponsor, my Abby. And uh, she was a teacher. I think somehow, somehow teachers have a way of teaching people. And um, I, the gift that she gave this is my treatment. I had never gone to, I was never hospitalized in, in you know, in treatments in hospitals. But I remember in those years when I was in the food addiction, which I didn't even know they called that food addiction, I, I mean, if somebody told me to go and get, get into the hospital treatment, I probably would have gone, and something good probably would have came out of it. 
But anyways, um, this is my treatment, and I came in the program in 1986, and I've stayed with it. And it is by the grace of God, because um, my Abby at that time said, she gave me a, a gift. This was a gift. This was the big book, you know. And I could not wait to read the solution about the problem. And I remember coming home and reading, you know, pretty much not all the whole thing in one day, but I was reading and I I was so excited to find out that, you know, food was an addiction and I had the the allergy of the body and the mental obsession. I mean, that was like so exciting and now what I could do. And uh, yeah, nobody's going to force me to stay there or nobody's going to force me to get out, to get out from my program. And my sponsor said I was one of the easiest people to sponsor because I was ready and I was willing. I had the gift of desperation and it saved my life. I was dying gradually, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever you want to call it trying to do this all by myself, by my, by my own willpower. And I needed to surrender to a power greater than myself, which is very hard, you know, to do that. But I practice. And I went cold turkey with alcoholic foods. I put them down. And I was going through the withdrawals. I thought I was going to die. But no matter, no matter what you said, pray your power to get you through this. And just do this program one day at a time. I remember feeling so overwhelmed. How am I going to do all this? And she said, one day at a time, one thing at a time, one meal at a time. And I do sponsor people, try to be gentle, you know, to understand where they're coming from. And um, not to be so hard on them because my sponsor wasn't hard on me. And just to relax and do it. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. All right, Vasa, thank you. Next up, we have Patio. Uh, Patio. Hi, this is Patio. I live in Florida, and I am a compulsive overeater. And um, I'm newly back the Vision program, um, and I have a sponsor who's taking me through the twelve steps as outlined in the book. Today, we're going to do step ten, or she's going to teach me how to do step ten, and. Um, I, uh, in my arrogance, I thought I knew, I've been studying and reading the big book for 35 years. I've recovered from alcoholism and drug addiction, and I thought I knew everything. You couldn't tell me anything I didn't know in the big book, and I was so wrong. Uh, of that set aside prayer that we say in the beginning of our phone call to help me know I don't know. I, I don't know much, and there's much more to learn. Um, I guess the best thing is how simple this program is. It's not easy. It takes a lot of work, a lot of hard work, and but it is simple. The directions are right there. It's outlined. Um, I was struck when we read the that two paragraphs how the man in the bed seemed so suspicious. And I remember when I came to a 12-step program, you know, OA, I think in 72, I kept waiting 
for them to whip out the contract? Was it going to be the gold, the silver, or the bronze membership and how much I was going to have to pay? Because life had taught me at that point that nothing was free. And I was so wrong. It's This program is given to me with the hope that I can free myself from the misery of compulsive overeating. Um, and then my brother said something to me the other day, and he said that karma is when you get what you deserve and that the grace of God is what you get when you don't deserve it. So um, I feel so blessed that I I feel like the chosen like, why me and why not the guy next to me? Because there's millions of people who need this program, you know, who want to stop suffering, and they don't even have an idea of the solution that you've given me. So thanks for letting me share, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Okay, thank you very much, Patio from Florida. Uh, next up, we have Lisa C., and then after Lisa, we're going to take a list of new names, so get ready. Okay, Lisa? Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, thank you to everyone, and God, um, please direct my share so that it can be helpful. Um, so what I... The reason I hit star ones and unmuted to share is because in reading this, what I think about is um, what leadership looks like, what real leadership looks like, right? So, um, you know, who are you fellows and why this private room? I was always in a ward before. It makes me think about the power that they were able to access, right? Um, it's not because um, they were well-known in the hospital um, you know, uh, well, at least Bill W. wasn't, right? But it, it, it's not because they had some kind of, um, you know, uh, pull or, or, you know, that they slipped someone $20 and set up this private room. Um, it's, it's because they were recovered. It's because they presented as well and sane that they were able to set this, this fellow up, this, this alcoholic, this unrecovered alcoholic. They were able to set him up. Um, and create something for him so that the message could be heard. Um, and, and it just really makes me think about, um, you know, this is obviously step 12 work, and, and this is the work of the program um, that in a recovered state, I can be a steward for somebody else. I can be a shepherd. Um, I can be a leader. And it's quietly. It's not, it's not with a big fanfare. It's, it's, um, it's, you know, hey, this is the prospect. Hey, could we, we want to be able to talk to him. Could we have a space to do that? And, and just, you know, being so convincing because of what it looks like to walk the walk in a recovered state that um, we do gain the trust of other people, right? Um, we don't need to do anything extravagant to convince others that, that we're well. Um, so. I don't know if that makes sense. That's really what I was thinking about. I was just thinking about how the gift that, that I was given coming into this program that I'm continued to be given by my sponsor and the, the, the incredible opportunity it is to give that to somebody else, to set up a room, metaphorically speaking, for somebody else such that they can become well. 
is um, absolutely nothing short of a miracle. And, um, and I think that's really all I have to say about this. Um, and thanks for letting me share. Okay, Lisa, thank you. All right, I'm ready to take a new list of names. Uh, again, a reminder, if you shared on Thursday or Friday on any vision meeting, we ask you to hold back. So who would like to share on this paragraph? I didn't get to that. I got Russ, but I missed whoever was there first. Yvonne, Pat M. B. Huh? Pat B. Pat B. I got Pat B and Russ M. Who else? Yvonne H. Yvonne H. Who else? Who else would like to share? Pat B, Russ M, and Yvonne H. Sue Ann W. Sue Ann W. What page, please? Yeah, we're on page 157, uh, the first two paragraphs. Start two days later through a treatment for alcoholism. Anybody else? Sharon B. Sue Ann B. No, oh, sorry. Sharon. Oh, Sharon B. Okay, thanks. And then who else? Somebody that tried to talk at the same time as Sharon? Uh, who was that? No? All right, well, that's a pretty good lineup. Let's uh, let's go ahead and go with that. I've got uh, Pat B, Russ M, Yvonne H, Sue Ann W, and Sharon B. Pat B, you're up. At star one to unmute. Oh, sorry about that, Craig. <laughs> anyway, I'm uh, Pat B, a recovered compulsive overeater from Beanville, Ontario, Canada. And thank you so much for your service. And it's, it's so interesting listening to how these two guys approached Bill Dotson. I mean, they really had no clue what they were doing at this point. All they had was Dr. Silkworth's um, allergy and the Oxford group steps. And they really weren't that thrilled with the Oxford group, but that was it. And they didn't have a big book to give anybody. All they had was what they thought was what was their solution. And so we are, I'm just, I'm so grateful that that I have um, the, the solution that that Bill came to when after he'd been sober for four years, and it was it, it just uh, his growth and realizing um, what what happened and the fact that they were willing to do it anyway and willing to try and willing to just do the best they could with what they had that was that was the amazing thing. 
soon as I get on the phone, my dog get the squeaky toy. Anyway, so so the she I I am and the fact about the waiting for the two days before I mean that's that's what I do with my sponsee. In in the mean be, between, the, if somebody asks me to sponsor them, and they some of them have already been absent for a while, and we dig right in because they are so desperate. It's just wonderful when there's someone that's so desperate. But some people aren't aren't really aware of what it's all about. And so those two days, to me, are invaluable. Spend time learning what OA is about. And um, I, use, I use the newcomer pamphlet uh, because it, it, it really um, has, has the 15 questions in it as to, am I really a compulsive overeater? And I, I mean, there's so much that we can do in those two days. I tell my story. And it's... It's really um, a, a waiting time for the, the, the toxin to get out of their bloodstream. Um, certainly doesn't get out of their head because that's what the steps are about and those take a while. But for me, it was I was so willing to do whatever it took. I said, just, just tell me what you did and I'll do it. And uh, that was back in, in 84. And it just made a total difference in my life and my world. And I'll always be grateful to my Ebby and to the program that she introduced me to at that time. That I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so very much. Next up, we have Russ M. Russ, good morning. Good morning, Craig. Russ M., recovered compulsive reader from Northdown, PA. Um, so this chapter's banging, man. It's like it's fire emoji, and it uh, you know, it just brings me back to when I when I came in, how sick I was, and you know, my first meeting, uh, this wonderful woman sat me down and said, "Look, you don't have to live that way." She didn't say you got to work the steps as find out in the big book. You got to do this, work the tools. This you got to read. You got to go through it. You don't have to live this way, and that cracked the door for me. And then, uh, you know, I stumbled upon this meeting, and I got with this, uh, you know, this guy from Oklahoma, this sponsor of mine. He's a pretty handsome guy. But uh, he worked with me, and we did work the steps. But the initial, uh, the impetus and, and the start, someone had compassion for me, right? And now, you know, I get that year, I get through the first steps, and now I'm casting away. And sponsees come my way. Well, you got to do it this way. You know, banging them over the head with a, with a sledgehammer and the big book. And I had to learn the hard way. Like, I got to forget. You can't ever forget that I'm a junkie. And it's through the grace of God that I was placed in this program. I'm dead. If, if, that's it. I'm dead if, if I don't, if, if I'm not here, if the, if, especially this meeting. And my great sponsor, my brothers and sisters here. So I have to be humble. I'm a proud guy, and I forget that I'm still sick. I'm still sick. And then I look at Bill and Dr. Bob, what these guys did for named it, for nothing, for no money, for nothing, out of their heart to save people. And I'm going to bitch and complain that I got to pick up an outreach call. I'm going to complain 
that I got to work with this dude's a pain in the ass or I'm a pain in, pain in a rear end to this person, excuse my language. I owe. I have to shut my mouth and work this program and never forget where I came from. Because all I am is just a regular ham and egg or junkie. That if I don't have God in my life and I'm not working these steps, I'm dead. And uh, that's what this, this whole chapter reminds me of this. Like, yo, dude, you're no bigger than this, this disease. You will die. You will die if you don't work it right and surrender to God. So thanks, Greg. Love you guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Russ. Appreciate it. All right. Next up, we have Yvonne H. Yvonne? Yvonne H. Star one to unmute. While we're waiting on Yvonne, I want to remind everybody that we're on page 157. The first can you hear me paragraph. now? I can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay. I thank you so much. Thank you, Craig, for your service and everybody for being there. And Yvonne, compulsive reader, binger, and back after 10 years. Um, well, we are here to give you a treatment for alcoholism. What I see there is a lot of love. I see the love with which these two guys come to the other guy and want to help him. And this is the love I see in this program. I see a lot of love in this 12-step program. Um, and yes, they give him time. They're giving him time. Who are you? What do you want here? Why do I get a new, an old, an, an old room? That's where I see the love. That's where I see the love. Where are you? Where they, they give him an own room. They're treating him with a lot of love. And um, so that's, that, that, that struck me. That touched me a lot. Um, I'm gave, bringing somebody through the, through the steps and through the big book. And this guy has his own program and does a lot of work, but he also wants OA. So sometimes he's so overwhelmed with his problems and that he says, I don't want to read today, I just want to talk. And I'm having the courage to do that, to give him time, because I trust. And if he would only, if he only wanted to talk with me, then I would say, hey, stop. Go, we need to go further with the book. And last time, and with this I wrap up, I think. I've got one more minute. Um, last time, it was the first time where we were starting, starting with a big, with Bill's story. And he said to me, oh, I can so much relate to what Bill is telling here. This was exactly with me. Wow. I thought this is the beginning of wanting to read the book relate with the book, share about the book. And so I was very happy to hear that from him. And it's a great experience for me for the first time to bring something to the big book. Thank you for letting me share. Uh, Suzanne? Good morning, this is Sue Ann, um, compulsive overeater from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, thank you everyone for your, um, 
I don't usually speak here, but I can really relate to this little paragraph because it shows me willingness. Um, the man didn't wake up and say, get out of here. He woke up and said, who are you? He was really ready to listen to this message. And I can relate to this in my own life. I wasn't willing for a very long time to start a plan of eating. I fought tooth and nail not to do a plan of eating. But finally, I realized that it, I can just try this. And lo and behold, it actually works for me. I find myself freed up in the day not to have food um, taken over my mind. So, yeah, that's what I have to share for today. And thank you. And have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you, Suzanne. Next we have Sharon B, and then we're going to have time for a couple more shares. So, Sharon? Thank you. Thank you, Craig, and everybody who does service. Um, can I be oh, the most popular question on vision for you? Can I be heard? I'll just assume you hear me unless you say something. Hey, family. Um, this this paragraph, these paragraphs, I just love this. It's, it's interesting because... Um, I've had the great honor and privilege of getting to go to Akron to this hospital, which is no longer Towns Hospital. I can't remember the name of it, but um, anyways, there is a, they have like a chapel area where they have recordings from some of the early members and other people like, like Sister Ignatius telling stories from this. And one of the stories I heard there was, and I don't get this perfect. So my apologies is how, um, this particular person, they they asked for a private room so that they could be able to meet with him. And and uh, the best they could do was the room where they prepared the flowers when people were getting flowers. Um, otherwise, alcoholics went in the ward because basically they didn't pay their bills. Um, and there just wasn't room. So, so they cleared out some space in this area where they had all the flowers. And um, Bill D. wakes up. And he looks around, he sees the flowers, and he thought he was at his own funeral. And, you know, talk about a great way to introduce yourself, you know, to the program is you might have just died, you know, and getting that kind of a glimpse. But um, the fact that they, they were able to do this and that there were people along the way that, that were non-alcoholics that, that were helpful, the history it's just so amazing, and um, I love that they, they, why are you here, and why this private room? Who the heck are you, you know, and it made it stand out, like I heard previously, and for that, I'm so very grateful, and, and I love Bill D's story, um, Alcoholics Anonymous number three. If you want to hear how they did this, this visit, always good to read. I like getting tips for sponsorship from that because that was the very first time that, you know, they, they actually were able to sponsor somebody through. And this was very shortly after um, Dr. Bob had uh, restarted his sobriety. Anyways, thank you so very much, everybody. And um, with that, I'll pass. Sharon B. from Michigan. Thank you so much. All right. Um, we have time for a couple more shares. Uh, who'd like to take those shares? Ashley M. All right, I got Ashley S. And there was somebody M. Rosie Hi, M. H. 
Rosie M. Yeah. Kevin and F. Then, and then Kevin F. All right. Holly Ike. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stop right there because I don't think I can get all of these in that I have. So we're going to go with Ashley and then Rosie and Kevin. And uh, then I think I heard of David. So we're going to do as much of those as we can. So let's go. Ashley. My name's Ashley F. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling from Kentucky. And um, this paragraph, these, these two paragraphs where it says, we are giving you a treatment for compulsive eating. And it's opened up um, awareness about my personal history in OA. And I have been truly hopeless twice in this program. The first was in 2007. I came in 2006. And in that time, I got really hopeless. And the first person who I perceive as having given me a treatment for this, my first sponsor, because of the desperation, I literally did anything she said. Um, the, the, in retrospect, she did not give me this treatment for alcoholism, compulsive eating. Um, I, I, the second time I was hopeless in this program was last year, not quite a year ago, but almost. And thank God, thank God. I literally was like, you tell me what to do and I will do it. And I had been there one time before Thank you that this time the person said, I know what this big book says to do. And she took me, gave me the opportunity to work these steps instead of working the tools. And um, by the grace of God, I have been, and this program, like, the program that she taught me and put my hand in the hand of God. Thank you, because the last time I was hopeless like that, I was told, just be honest. I literally did anything the first woman said. I judged my husband. I I divorced my husband. I worked off of this too shall pass. I labeled things from my childhood as neglect and abuse, and I should try better self-care, and I should set boundaries, and I got a therapist, and I got a nutritionist, and I had a nice schedule for my exercise, and I exercised more, and I exercised less, and I opened meetings, and I held keys, and I did service, and I worked the hell out of the tools. I depended on people and the group, and I, when I was hopeless that time, I wasn't given this treatment, and I pray to God from this day moving forward that when I have that opportunity, as I go out and seek the opportunity to give it away, that I give in that moment of hopelessness, like Bill Dotson was hopeless, that I give this program. And I can only do that because it was given to me. I had no idea. In the rooms for 17 years, I had no idea until last year. Thank you, and I'll pass. All right. Thank you very much. Next, uh, we have one minute left, and we have Rosie. Uh, Rosie? 
Hi, family. Thank you for letting me share. The thing that I'd like to share most about the way I, I sponsor is I ask somebody to pray, or if they're not a prayer, if they can just be thoughtful for two weeks and do one simple thing every day towards recovery and keep in touch. And then in the end, if we are compatible, then I go on to become a sponsor. But I temporarily sponsor them, and they can temporarily check me out. And then if it works and it's a God thing, then we do the GOD, the good orderly direction of the steps together. Thank you all for being there for me, and um, keep coming back, even if you're eating. Thanks. All right. Thank you so very much. Um, The other people that volunteered, I'm sorry to tell you we're out of time. Maybe you can Hopefully you can stay around and share in the second unrecorded hour. Um, so, and then thanks for everybody else who did share. The share ID for today's meeting that's just ended is uh, 20,693, 20693. So now uh, we'll close reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, Rachel P., uh, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only to keep you until then. Good morning. This is Rachel P., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Pennsylvania. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. So you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.